the Dream 3 Podcast, episode 27. We're coming at you with our top 10 wide receivers of all time. But first off, Neil's Los Angeles Rams are the Super Bowl champions. Um, Neil's right. dressed. He's drinking tonight. It's a good night to be a Rams fan. Uh, pretty I good game. I know seven months. after after Odell Beckham got hurt, and you know, you texted me that this could be this could be game over for Matt Stafford, but uh they battled back. Cincinnati's offensive line turned into a bunch of trash cans. And uh, I, I think they they made I I, I don't want to say they had a great game plan from the beginning. So it was kind of like they gave the one-on-one to Aaron Donald, and then as soon as he made a move, it was either the it was usually the center who came in and, and kind of jolted him back, which I think I think stunned a little bit of the pass, pass rush, but credit to Sean McVay for um, making the game plan change to uh, bring that 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 other tackle over the over the center, basically trying to free mm-hmm. up Aaron Donald, and, mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. they started running some stunts too, which I think really just kind of threw the Bengals for a loop, and that's ultimately what led them to a win. So, yeah, and I think it, especially in the fourth <laughs> quarter, uh, you know, when uh, <clears throat> Aaron chased down Joe Burrows, pushed him out of bounds, and there was kind of a scuffle on the sidelines. That seemed to like really light a fire under Aaron Donald, not like there already isn't, but it seemed like he took his game and stepped it up just even that much more. Oh yeah. Well, there's, there's, there's one person on offense that you don't ever want to piss off and that's Tom Brady. And then now that he's gone, the only person you don't want to piss off on defense is Aaron Donald. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, Yeah. So, uh, I mean, you pissed him off and he just took his game to a different level. And even another, you know, another, even with uh, Odell Beckham going down with that knee injury, you know, Cooper Cup really stepped up um, in the second half and showed yeah. why he's the NFL leader and and fast catches, yards, touchdowns, NFL MV, or uh, Super Bowl MVP so deserved, completely deserved. Um, what a great game by him, you know, guy from Eastern Washington university fcs school um good step up i almost threw a bet on him to be the super bowl mvp i think you told me to or or, no you wanted me to put aaron donald as the mvp Um, yeah i think i said rams win aaron donald mvp and i forget what else i said so speaking of bets you know i had a ton of different parlays going last night yeah um not pat mcafee status i didn't put 40 grand on the uh coin toss and opening kickoff but um, the biggest one, I think I ended up only winning like $25 last night out of, I had 15 different bets, a bunch of different parlays, but the parlay that almost hit, I had a $90 bet. It was uh plus like 2250 odds. And I needed Odell Beckham to score a touchdown. Anytime he did. I needed T Higgins to score a touchdown. Anytime he did. I needed Cooper cup to score a touchdown. Anytime he did the last one was Joe Mixon. If yep. Joe Mixon would have gotten the end zone, that $90 bet would have been uh, $2,200 or something like that. So yeah. it was close, but that's – that's uh, Sorry, Caleb. I was rooting against you for that one. So. <laughs> well, I was hoping they were going to get like some garbage time touchdown or, you know, but whatever. You know, it's yeah, part of it. It is what it uh, is. So it's, as a Rams fan, you know that this team was built for this season – 
You know, they went all in on the chips. Now looking at it <clears throat> post-celebration, you're going to lose more than likely Andrew Whitworth to retirement. You know, possibly he's going back into retirement. I mean, Weddle was, you know, he was on the couch anyway. And I think he was in the basketball court. He was at I least think, active. Judging by that hit and the way that that shoulder got braced up, I bet he tore something in his shoulder last night. There was a lot of injuries in that game. I think Weddle's one of them. Um, so Weddle's going back out. You're the, the, <clears throat> are you going to lose Stafford or is Aaron Donald decided? I, I don't think you lose Stafford. Um, although if he went out, if he said, I'm done, I have a Super Bowl, I don't need anything else in my life, I I, I wouldn't be mad at him. I, I, I basically said last night, I was like, look, if Aaron Donald retires, if Stafford retires, if Whitworth retires, if Sean May, John McVay says, I'm done coaching, I've gone out on top, I would have been like, fine, I'm good mm-hmm. for the next 30 years. You know, I got to witness my team win a Super Bowl, like, and actually, like, understand. Yeah. So for me, like, I'm fine with it. Although the competitive spirit is like, I'd love to see Aaron back. I'd love to see Stafford back. I think what Withworth's done. I think he he was staying basically to win because he trusted us to win. I think he got it. So I expect Sean to stay. Um, but Whitworth, I expect him to be gone. Weddle gone. So it is what it is. But Super Bowl champs, and I get to enjoy that for seven months. So I think, and especially with Stafford winning last night, that solidifies him as a Hall of Famer uh, down the road. I think if he didn't win this game, because um, when you think of Detroit, you think of he's Hall of Very Good. Winning mm-hmm. the Super Bowl, that puts you, that's that's Hall of Fame caliber right there. Yep. Um, I, I don't think he's first ballot, but eventually he does get in. Yeah, over yeah, his, I his think, line of work. I mean, he, he's probably along the lines of like a, Obviously less than Ben Ben Roethlisberger, but I mean, depending on what he does the rest of his career, um, he's definitely a Hall of Famer at some point. I mean, you don't get into the Hall of Fame not being a Super Bowl champion, thrown for fifty thousand yards. Like you're you're gonna make it in for sure, for sure. I think this guarantees him that. Um, It's great for all the Detroit Lions fans. I'm sure they love seeing that. So. So the the Detroit Rams That's right. the, Super, the Detroit, Detroit Rams winning the Super Bowl. Yes. Yeah. So no, let, let's kind of direct into cards with this. Um with the Super Bowl, you see a quick spike in a lot of cards. You know, the winners, the Staffords are gonna pull up, the Cooper Cups are gonna get a bit of a boost, the Aaron Donalds are gonna get a bit of boost. You're gonna lose a little bit on Joe Burrow, he's gonna dip, but you got to realize that the industry as a whole over the next probably two, three weeks is going to dip down because there's no more games. And we're going to start looking forward to the 2022 class. That's going to be hot. So this is an off season to start to buy now. So if you're big into football, start looking at the players you want to invest into now. Um, Mm -hmm. So looking, let's start with just the two Super Bowl teams that played yesterday, Neil. Is there anybody that we would really want to take a look at investing in for next season? Um, Well, I I, I mean, regardless, I think Joe Burrow right now has shown that he's probably the number one investment going into the offseason. Now, I do think the the card market has matured to the point where there's the – 
the years of of buying the dip, the big dip in the offseason are gone because everybody is buying already for the next season. So I think, yes, Joe Burrow may dip 15%, 20%, but I, it'll be right back to where it's at come week one. Um, I have no doubts. Um, Joe Burrow, if he has an offensive line, the Rams do not win that game, hands mm-hmm. down. Um, but, I mean, I think I think Joe Burrow is the number one investment. I mean, the guy just has this winning genes in him. He just ran into the greatest defensive player of the gener- of this generation, and he made a heck of a play to save his season. So, kudos if, to Aaron Donald, but Joe yeah. Burrow is is the guy. So with with people retiring, so let's let's say hypothetically, because we don't know. Let's say Stafford goes out and retires. Let's say Andrew or uh, Aaron Donald goes out and retires. Does that help or hurt their card market for the short term? So I, I don't really know too much about Whitworth. Um, I do know like collecting offensive linemen is like a very niche type collection thing. Um, Aaron Donald, I think if he goes out on top, I mean, you're talking about winning the Super Bowl in your last year. Like, it's going to, it's, I'm not saying it's to the equivalent of Tom Brady, but it gives him a little bit of a boost knowing that he's not going to play ever again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he's going to continue to kind of rise over the course of time just because he, I mean, he really is that, he was that good. Um, but as far as Stafford goes, I don't think Stafford, I think Stafford maybe takes a little bit of a dip, but. I mean, he's going to be a kind of a collector's player. He's going to hold value because he's a Super Bowl champion and a Hall of Famer eventually, but um, I wouldn't expect anything too crazy. I, I, I really think it's, it's, it is for this summer, Joe Burrow is the answer, and I think that will be the hottest ticket in football, for, which is kind of all... funny because Mahomes is going to be really down. I mean, yeah. Mahomes will be down. Josh Allen, Josh Allen will stay high because of what he did, but Mahomes will be down. So is the is the smart play to to try to find some Mahomes? Right. He he. With the thing is with the AFC, like I understand yep. Mahomes has a Super Bowl and an MVP, and but like the AFC is stacked with future quarterbacks. Yeah, like you got four quarterbacks who could potentially if they just everything goes normal in their career and they continue to play at their level you have Josh Allen Patrick Mahomes Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert who are all going to be Hall of Fame type players if they continue I'm not saying they will be now or they are now but if they continue to to just keep getting better and we see these duels out of out of these guys it's it'll be any year, it could be one of those four guys. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Out of the NFC, it's like, I mean, after Aaron Rodgers is gone, I mean, what do you got, really? You don't know, yeah. You don't know where Russell Wilson's going to go yet. He's not going to yeah, be in I mean, Seattle. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. The The rumors with Kyler Murray kind of right. wanting out, like, where's he going to go? What's going to happen there? You know, Jimmy Garoppolo is probably going to get traded. Um, He's so not good, you, but like you, yeah. the only player who 
probably is worth anything in the NFC right now is like a prospect type player is Trey Lance. Trey Lance, maybe Justin Fields and Dak Prescott. Like that's, that's what tough. you got. Yeah. Your NFC quarterback market's gonna be kind of tough to to play, but I think <clears> that you have a good idea if, if we're going quarterbacks, you're gonna want to stay in the AFC and you know the Patrick Mahomes, the uh, Josh Allen's, the Lamar's, maybe. Um, yeah. yeah, there's. I mean, AFC quarterback talent is stacked. Stacked, and stacked. you know, still things are still uh, going to shake up this off season, but yeah. for sure. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm gonna be honest. Like at this point, I don't. I wouldn't even say like I'm interested in basketball. I'm not. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I'm not interested either. for next football season already. So, and that's a good point. As we stay into cards, like I haven't got that feeling to collect basketball this in like season. A year. Yeah, like I don't know if it's over oversaturation from you know the big basketball spike, um, but I just don't see any unless you know unless you're really into LeBron or Kobe or Jordan or you know the main main guys, but like. But to me, what I'm into right now, and we've talked about it lately, is soccer. Like I am, I am deep in some soccer right now. <laughs> yeah, soccer's coming. Soccer coming up is going to be good. Um, I, I like. I, we've talked about this, and I'm sure people have thought about this a long time. And just like how football is like so much more down, and these other sports are so much more down compared to the basketball market. Is this like? I'm thinking about this theoretically is like, is this where football starts to catch up? Because it tr- it's the most dominant sport as far as like publicity and mm-hmm. what America mm-hmm. loves. Like, is this where football starts to take over and starts to drive the card market? I don't Could know. Be. I mean, you look at, look at the prices of, uh, of Brady contender cards. I mean, they're yeah. up over a million dollars. So there, yeah. there is that opportunity where they can start, you know, turning that corner the the thing that basketball does have over football is the team size is so small where you think of you know the Uh nfl but like to our point we've been saying this for for years like everybody banks on the quarterbacks but nobody gives respect to the wide receivers Mm -hmm. um running backs like even though the running backs have a very short career everyone and ryan's talked about this card collector too is everybody banks on the quarterbacks because they're set to have a longer career almost in general because you could spend time as a backup for three four years you know a running back might be good for two years but still like a guy like larry fitzgerald i don't know what his rookie card prices are off the top of my head but you know you can't tell me that larry fitzgerald rookie cards shouldn't demand top dollar Oh, agreed. I mean, you're talking about a top 10 guy all time. Easy. Like, without question. Um, yeah, I. It's, it's a weird, it's a weird time. Like, maybe football does drive the market from now on. And maybe that's, that's a good thing. You know, it's the most popular sport in America. Maybe it's what the card market needs to shake things up to drive it further. You know, and Maybe that means that position players now start to get the recognition they deserve. And mm-hmm. maybe basketball, you know, starts to be less about hype and more about just winning and doing good things, you know? 
Well, you see it a lot with a lot of collectors now. Is they're kind of done buying the hype and buying more into proven players and goats. Yeah, that that's yeah. no longer become a fad. It's become mm -hmm. a, a a staple in collecting. Yep. Yeah. No, I I agree. Agree. Yeah. I I don't know. I I'm excited for next football season to watch the quarterbacks. I'm going to relish for the next seven months in a Super Bowl, and I already bought all the Super Bowl gear from last night as soon as it was over and then i'm gonna buy more stuff and more autograph stuff and cherish this moment and then buy stuff for my son so that way he can have it so we're you know we're looking for you know seven months for football season um but card collecting technically not collecting wise but kind of building your game plan starts with the nfl draft and we'll be looking at you know the players who you'd want to collect um, unfortunately, you know, the card market football wise is driven through the quarterbacks. It's not going to be a very quarterback heavy draft this year. There is one kid out of Liberty who I believe is going to be the top, top quarterback that he's going to go in the first round, but yeah, you know, quarterbacks are quarterbacks in the card market. Yeah. They'll, they'll always demand a premium. I mean, maybe this is where like, and maybe this is because like all the products for Panini are pushed back. Maybe that allows the market to sustain a high because you still have stuff from Trevor Lawrence that isn't out yet. And Mac Jones and Trey Lance and Justin Fields, like those guys, none of their true like prism or any of their good stuff is out. So, you know, the more you push back those timetables on those products, it makes maybe it a little easier for you to sustain some hype for the next season. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, we'll see. See what happens. I'm excited, though. I'm excited. You know, but you know, really, we don't have to wait seven months for football. We got football coming in four months with the USFL coming back. That's right. With That's the original, right. so I love that the original team names, the original teams. Now they're all going to play in one stadium at the the University of Alabama Birmingham. UAB, they're going to play all their games at UAB this season. But I enjoy, you know, the original jerseys, the original team names. Even though I wasn't born in 84, 85, I loved watching old USFL football clips. You know, Jim Kelly played there. Herschel Walker played there. Um, Steve Young played there. I mean, there was a lot of great players. Reggie yep. White played there. So yep. there was some talent that came out of the USFL. So I always think that. It's it's good if you can figure out how to make it work a spring football league to the fall football league almost as a developmental. Everyone trashed NFL Europe, but Adam Vinatieri came out of there. You had guys who who needed to figure out the game. You know, some people don't develop in college. Some people it takes them a couple more years after that to develop you know, the body, the mind, and everything that it takes to compete as a professional athlete that you can't do it right off the bat. So, I mean, I if you look at Josh Allen, like Josh mm -hmm. Allen really didn't hit his stride until, like, you could argue last year. Like, last mm -hmm. year was his true step forward. And this year was kind of the same, but like, Josh Allen wasn't that in his yeah. rookie year or even his second year, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So, I, I, t I totally agree. I think there's some players who need time to develop. Um, the NFL is brutal, you know, brutal. And 
it's it takes time to be to like if you have the talent to be that good then yeah you'll play but if it takes you a couple years that happens you know and you you look at guys who you don't even have to say excel but at least you know have an a chance to play in the NFL, a Taylor Heineke, a, you know, mm-hmm. a PJ Walker who spent a lot of time as a third string quarterback goes to the XFL does pretty well, gets his chance back in the NFL, you know, guys, the XFL styles, the USFL style spring leagues, like that's needed. Like we've said to develop talent, to just have guys hone their skills. I mm-hmm. don't put, the CFL in the same category because to, to me it's a different game. I enjoy the CFL, I enjoy watching it, but it's a different style and different brand of game that does not fit NFL players or or strategies. And there's just so many different things that I don't translate. Like you know, you can get some good football players that come from there, but the game's different. Yeah, yeah. So no, it is. It is. It is. Well, all right, let's hop into the new eBay changes. Dude, so this is why you need to get off of eBay. If you're on eBay right now, start I pulling do. your start pulling your cards. Yeah. Don't sell e- on eBay because you know you're I, let's I, say I you're, you're buying you're you're losing so much of your money in fees to for them to just pay for their website that's making billions of dollars off of us selling cards, you need to go check out, especially our sponsor, Prospect Cards, so you can sell on a third-party website. You know, there's plenty of other places where you can sell, um, but take My your stuff labs, off. Of, Facebook yeah. groups, Instagram. Instagram, like get your stuff off of eBay ASAP. I, I would say the only way is like truly like eBay like if you're willing to put in the time to try and like, I don't know, contact people on eBay and try to get them off eBay, that's your best bet. But I mean, so I'm looking at like, I know it's not much, but it, at least on sports cards and memorabilia, and it's, you know, it's going up 0.55%. Mm-hmm. So a half percent, but what's to say that it's not going to go up higher in by August or September. But think yeah. about it. Even if you're paying at a half a half percent more, you're already giving twelve to thirteen percent. You tack yeah, on no, another. I agree. Yeah, it's, I mean, tack on another half percent, yeah. not including their big thing now is to try to sell you to promote your item. So now you got to take another, you know, thing out. It's yeah. It's like another. Um... Well, now it's charging you like thirty cents per order plus the value fee. So initial thirty cents per per transaction, and then the value fee, and then if you need to promote it, it's another fee, and then another change if you want to put on a subtitle or mm. it's 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 too much. It's I killer. Don't, I don't believe Prospect sends out a ten ninety nine themselves. Because all the transactions go through PayPal, so PayPal, yeah, it would be up, PayPal to, up to a certain point would send out the ten ninety nine. That's the way my slabs works, also, yep. um, because it's all driven through whoever the the company that the bank is run through, not not yes. the the selling platform. Yes. Yeah, eBay is the only one that's different because they they do their own buying, they do their mm-hmm. own uh, transactions mm-hmm. with banking, so. 
So the biggest thing is get your stuff off of eBay, find other places to sell your cards. Yeah. Your, uh, your, your bank accounts. So it shows. Yeah, it's not even like, even with, you know, if you want to keep track of your stuff on eBay, it's a terrible place to, for them to keep track of all your stuff too. Like I hate it. Yep. So, so, so much, so much. All right. Hall of Fame. Did you, did you find that picture? Let me look at it right now. I, I know that I have it, but. Is anybody else, if anybody else is listening, you can't tell me that this is a Hall of Fame class worthy of anything. Yeah. I looked at that and I was like, this is trash. Like, he, that, it's bad. It's really bad. Like, now, the people they left off, it just didn't make any sense to me. Did you text them? Uh, I think I sent you on Instagram. On my card page? Yeah. And in, in the group or by, just by itself? Just, I think it's either maybe in the group or to you. I think it's in the group. I haven't found it yet. I'll just find this. Nope. Wow. We are really prepared today. I know. <laughs> well, I didn't didn't really think about it until the last second. I know. I know. All right. Well, let's do this. I will go try and find it, and we'll just start on the top ten. Sound good? All right. The NFL top ten, your best wide receivers of all time. Remember, this is our list. If you think your list is better, please post it in the comments who you think the greatest wide receivers are of all time. Now I will say that my list is more predicated on guys who I have watched. So I'm taking, you know, guys like the Lance, all Lance Allsworth, um, bullet, Bob Hayes, Raymond Berry, even though I love Raymond Berry guys who I did not watch back in the 60s, 70s, um, I, they're not on my list. What about you? Um, who didn't make it? Well, like, to be honest, I might be completely biased in this. Um, so I'm saying, so you're saying that Tory Holt and Isaac Bruce are number one and number two on your list? No, no, no. Oh, biased okay. to the new generation of athletes. I agree. I agree. So like, I don't have like Lance Allworth. I don't have. Yeah. 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 Hudson, I don't have Don Hudson. I don't have like um, Steve Largent. Um, Ooh, Steve Largent didn't make your top 10? No. I, I think when you put it up against like, who are you going to take? Marvin Harrison or Steve Largent? Damn, Marvin. If you want someone to run Steve Largent routes, could catch some balls, though. Okay, that's great. You can catch a ball, but like, when, when you look at, like, the talent and the speed and the route running, it's like Chad Ochocinco running a route or Steve Largent running a route. Game's on the line. Who are you taking? Mm, interesting. I like it. All right, let's get right into it. I started last week. I want your number 10 right off the bat. Okay. So my number 10 – sorry, I was looking at stuff too. Um, my number 10, Isaac Bruce. Okay, he's the only Ram on my list. Um, I loved Torrey Holt, but Isaac Bruce was, was the better wide receiver. Um, four-time Pro Bowler, 
uh, Super Bowl champion, eight 1,000 yard seasons, uh, 100 catch season, um, receiving yards, uh, led the league in receiving yards one time, had 91 touchdowns. Um, great, great, I mean, great player when we, when I talked about like the greatest show on turf. I mean, he is him, Marshall, all those guys were truly a reason why that team was so good for those few years. Um, and, and Isaac is, is a guy who, um, just the longevity of his career playing at the top level. I had to, I, I just thought putting him at number 10 would be, would be a good place for him. He's, I forget where he's at on top, top receiving yards all time, but I mean, he's up there too. So it makes for a good case. So number 10, Isaac Bruce for you. Yes. All right. Number 10 on my list. Um, from the Oakland Raiders, Tim Brown. I don't, none of, so he played with the Los Angeles Raiders from 1988 to 1994, the Oakland Raiders from 95 to 2003, and the Buccaneers in 2004. Um, had 14,934 receiving yards, went to nine Pro Bowls, logged 100 career receiving touchdowns, and a Hall of Famer. Um, he was a gritty gritty receiver where you know he had no he, he could go across the middle take a hit still come up with the football um big receiver like he could run over some some linebackers and defensive backs um just all around tough guy that's why i have tim brown as uh number 10 on my list yep no i think that's a good one um definitely worthy of a top 10 um consideration Number nine, I kind of put a little spin on this, but I think this is the one guy, if any, who deserves to be on this list. I put Tony Gonzalez on there. And the reason why is being a tight end and doing what he did and dominating at the rate that he did. Yeah, it may be a top 10 wide receivers, but he was as damn good as anybody else on there. So, um I put Tony Gonzalez on there, four-time 1,000-yard season, 100-catch seasons, 111 total touchdowns. Um, he also led the league in receptions for a year, 14-time Pro Bowler, six-time All-Pro. And this is actually kind of interesting. A catch rate of 65.9% was actually the highest of any of the top 10 wide receivers I have on my all-time list. So the top 10 pass catchers, he is the highest in his catch rate percentage. I thought that was a pretty notable statistic. I mean, when you think of mid two thousands, Kansas city chiefs, can you name me a wide receiver? No. I mean, I don't even put like Dante hall or somebody like that at wide receiver. I mean, no, you think of Tony a, against who, do you have to, who do you have to, who do you have to cover to shut down the chiefs and, Early two thousands, late nineties. Tony, Tony Gonzalez. Tony Gonzalez. Yeah, and he was, was he was still in it. I he was still he was, a, he was great even in Atlanta. Atlanta, he still was a threat, and he yeah. moved because he wanted a chance with the playoffs because the Chiefs were awful because he had quarterbacks like Elvis Gerback and I think I don't he played with Alex Smith also. Yeah, I think yeah. he did early years. So Tony Gonzalez, it, it's no, a no, flex no, no. spot. No, I don't think he did get Alex Smith. Who else was there? Trent Green. 
Trent Green. Trent Green was Trent there. Green. Uh, I don't think he got Alex Smith. I think it was really close in the time frame, but I don't think he did. Yeah, it Trent was really Green. Close. I'd have to look. I'd really have to look at that. So I can I can respect that, even though he's set as a tight end. You could call it a flex spot. Um, he did more catching. So Dallas Clark is also not on my list. So if <laughs> same same no, type of I, dude. T- yeah, Tony Gonzalez was. I mean, when you talk about probably like head and shoulders, the longevity, the receiving, the just the threat down the field, like how could you not put Tony Gonzalez as like the number one tight end of all time? And even so, like to consider him like in top 10 pass catchers, I think it's worthy. I'd put him in wide receivers just because I think, I think it's, it's, he's well deserves it. Mm-hmm. So Tony Gonzalez. Tony Gonzalez, number nine for you. All right. Number nine on my list of the greatest wide receivers of all time. I'm going with Mr. Next question himself, Terrell Owens. Terrell Owens on the San Francisco 49ers from 96 to 2003, Philadelphia Eagles from 2004 to 5, Dallas Cowboys from 06 to 08, Buffalo Bills in 2009, and the Cincinnati Bengals in 2010. The six-time Pro Bowler, first team All-Pro five times, had 15,934 career receiving yards and 153 career touchdowns. He's a Hall of Famer completely deserved there's no one that shows up in bigger games than terrell owens he makes the big catches as big as he was he was so fast was great at route running his pain endurance was unbelievable the biggest knock on him was he was a locker room killer which <laughs> welcome to the nfl big time personalities it you know the chad ochocinco's the terrell owens get a bad but guess what Football, as much as it's a team game, you're playing an individual spot in the game every single time where you want to make the big time play. You feel confident that, hey, if the ball's in my hands or you throw me the ball, I'm going to catch it and come down with it. You think of the two biggest plays that Terrell Owens made was uh, San Francisco 49ers when they uh, uh, beat the Green Bay Packers where they – where Steve Young launched it through the middle and uh, T.O. caught it and took hits from about three different sides. And then I just think about the Super Bowl game playing on a broken leg. Um, yeah, that's that amazing. Amazing toughness. And, and you know, with uh, with your line of work, how hard, you know, playing on a broken femur that's been, you know, put together with duct tape for the last three weeks. Yeah, it's... <clears throat> that's a lot of tordal. That's all I'm going to say. A lot it of tordal. It is. So number nine on my list, Terrell Owens. Not a great guy in the locker room, but on the field. Is there anybody else you'd want to have? Yep. All right. Number eight. Um, I had Tim Brown at number eight. Um, I think everything you said about Tim Brown is completely correct. I think if I rank him, it's higher than the previous two guys. Uh, but Tim Brown, I mean, was was an amazing player, not only for size and speed, but also just being a, a guy with so much longevity and, like, dependability. Um, I, I think it's it, – I think he's definitely worthy of top ten. That's why I had him number eight. Um, I think he beats out the first two guys. Um 
I did want to note, so and he had nine 1,000-yard seasons, 100 touchdowns. But in 19, 1988, he had 2,300 scrimmage yards. This was, I think this was his rookie year. It was. Um, huh? It was. Yeah, 2,300 scrimmage yards. He had 700, 725 receiving yards, 444 punt return yards, and 1,098 kick return yards. So he topped 2,300 scrimmage yards that year. I think that's amazing. Amazing to be able to, that's, that's like doing everything. Minus that's running the ball. And especially in a age of when you think of the eighties, there's a lot of great defenses out yeah. there and they're, they're playing bump and run coverage. They're playing press smash mouth coverage. Um, this isn't the, the late two thousands type of guys where defenders are not allowed to, to touch wide receivers. You got to think of the eighties and nineties guys, even the seventies guys, you come across the middle. It's a free shot for a linebacker or free safety to come take your head off. And there's no penalty. It's not the, the two hand touch game that we play today. So, you know, somebody to do that all around type work, especially in rookie season is pretty unbelievable. Yep. For sure. So number eight, Tim Brown. All right, number eight on my list, the only Indianapolis Colt on my list, Marvin Harrison. Played with the Colts from 1996 to 2008, won a Super Bowl with the team. He did not score a touchdown in that game. Uh, Reggie Wayne did. But voted to eight Pro Bowls, first team All-Pro three times. He had 14,580 career receiving yards, scored 128 receiving touchdowns. He's number four all-time on the receptions list with 1,102 Pro Football Hall of Famer. When I think of Marvin Harrison, I think of big-time speed um, and a catch radius um, that was kind of unbelievable. Didn't Wasn't long like Calvin Johnson. Wasn't the biggest guy. Wasn't the biggest guy, but could beat you with – he had either pure speed. His tree was unbelievable. Excellent route running yes. and his hand-eye coordination with the ball of as it's tipped to see it and kind of glide it back to his hands. The biggest thing you can think of, or one of the ones you can think of is the New England Patriots game, the catch turn, catch it with one hand as it's tipped, slide your feet, or the Tennessee Titans game where he dives, catches one hands and, and turns to his back. Um, his body control was unbelievable. Um, in my opinion, he's a he's a better, bigger threat than Reggie Wayne. Reggie Wayne was a very good possession receiver. Mm-hmm. But when I think of the deep ball one on one, who's going to win? It's Marvin Harrison. Yeah, um, route tree. When I think of Marvin Harrison, his ability to create separation and get the ball. Um, yeah, he it, it, now now you could knock him for playing with one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, but you still have to go out there and perform and put in the work. And he's a guy who put in that work um, to achieve what he did. And that's something that um, doesn't need to be taken lightly for how talented he was. And murdered somebody, allegedly. That's right. There's more evidence against him than there is Ray Lewis. Uh, here's his son plays at uh Ohio State. Yep, he'll be he had a, he had a, this year. Yeah, he had a big Rose Bowl game. Yep, big. Yeah, he'll Rose be Bowl. he'll be a, he'll be the the focal point next year for sure. 
All right, so number eight on my list, Marvin Harrison. All right, number seven, um, Chris Carter, eight-time 1,000-yard receiver, eight-time Pro Bowler, two-time All-Pro, two times he caught over 100 balls in a season, one time he read, led the league in receiving um, receptions, three times leading the league in touchdowns, had over 130 30 touchdowns um, when I talked about a little bit about that that catch rate he had a 60% catch rate which is pretty high compared to some of the other other players um, um, on my list but also just kind of in, in general um, man what a what a what a great talent he was and just his hands were just massive like just straight up oven mitts catching a ball I mean he was like playing with a nerf football out there mm -hmm. um I wonder how good he would be if he didn't have his issues off the field. And I think that's a struggle sometimes with some of these players, but man, like the talent he had, it, you know, it he could have been, he could have been much higher. He could have been better, but I think Chris Carter was a really, really, really good player. Really, really, really good player. Top 10 player all time. So Chris Carter, number seven on your list. On my list, this might surprise some people being this high, but I'm going to go with Heinz Ward. Hmm. Okay. Heinz Ward, Pittsburgh Steelers, 1998 to 2011, two-time Super Bowl champion, five-time Pro Bowler, um, finished career with 1,000 receptions for 12,000 and 83 yards, 85 touchdowns, Steelers all-time uh, receiving leader. I put Heinz Ward this high on the list because he's Mr. Do-It-All. Yes. He would block and not just block. He would knock cats out. <laughs> he, is, he was Steve Smith Sr. before Steve Smith Sr. Yeah. So Heinz Ward, physical receiver, He's a guy that could play DB or linebacker, but amazing catcher, a guy who you would want to go out and ball with, a guy that you could get behind as a team leader, um, still one of the biggest threats on the field, playing at the X or the Y spot. Um, yeah, whether you're you're running a, a toss crack or you're running an inside slant, I think Heinz Ward for a lot of those Steelers years was the go-to guy that you had to just completely focus on. Mm -hmm. So sure. number seven, Heinz Ward on my list. Yep. I just want to add, I totally forgot to put this in. Chris Carter, 130 touchdowns. 130 wow. touchdowns. I think that goes for like, he's fourth all time in touch in touchdowns for mm -hmm. receiver. So, it's a lot of touchdowns, a lot of touchdowns. All right, so I will go at number six. I have Marvin Harrison at number six. Um, I might be a little higher on him. I think his talent, I think because he was – you had Reggie Wayne across from him, sometimes you lose a little bit of that limelight, especially when he went to the Super Bowl and he, Reggie Wayne caught the touchdown pass. But – I mean, Marvin was kind of, I don't want to say on his last legs, but 
I mean, he was his career was basically over. I mean, he had been there since '96. Yeah, yeah. So he had, he played <clears throat> he played two. He played three years. Was it three years? Three years with Jim Harbaugh. But he was also returning. He was returning punts and kickoffs. Yeah, yeah. And he's not. He's not a big guy. He's not a big physical guy like most of the rest of these guys on the list are. Mm-hmm. Um, but but Marvin was his like his catch radius and his route tree are just phenomenal. Speed. Some guy who made he some guy who made it up with just the work that you have to put in to do the job and make sure that you create that separation and get to get to the ball. Um, yeah. I, I think Marvin, I think he was better than, than the previous four guys on the list. I, I, I have a lot of respect for Marvin Harrison. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Marvin Harrison, number six. All right. Number six on my list um, could be higher on a lot of other people's lists. I'm going to go with Larry Fitzgerald. Um, Fitz, obviously, Arizona Cardinal through and through. Uh, 234 games, 1,432 receptions, 17,492 yards, 121 TDs. Um, Fitz is the youngest player in NFL history to catch 1,000 passes in a career and second all-time in yards and receptions. Um, Like Iron Man. When you think of Larry Fitzgerald, has the catch radius, big hands. Um, I always think of it like the biggest helmet I had ever seen because he was yeah. on the cover of, of NCAA in his pit helmet. I was like, man, that Revo, because they were uh, Revo they were revolutions. They were revolutions. Originals. But they were the original revolutions, yes. which were ginormous, yes. like, like yes. great, great zoo heads. Um, but guy who had, he didn't care what he did. He just wanted to be on the field, play football, love football. Um, underrated make, pass blocker. Underrated pass or, blocker. R- r- sorry, run blocker. Underrated run blocker. He could he could make the catch in the slot on the outside, fingertip. You know, he had no problem coming across the middle. He had no problem running a go route. Um, a, basically, yeah. a, a do it all guy. Yep, did the so, dirty work that needed to be it, done. Did the dirty work? Never complained. Nope. Um, you never really, you never really heard of him outside of the game. Like, you know, wasn't a big rah rah guy. Wasn't a big you know media guy. But just came in, lunch pail, did his work, and went home. Yep. So yep. I'm going. No. I'm going. Larry Fitz, number six. Beautiful. Um, at number five, I have Terrell Owens. Um, nine time thousand or nine times had a thousand yards, six time pro or five time all pro, 153 touchdowns, which ranks third all time. Um, yeah, I led the league in receiving three times to- or receiving touchdowns three times. Um, probably the one guy who could run his mouth and back it up. 100%. And you hated to play against him because he would not shut up. But man, he would just back it up. No question. No question. So, Terrell Owens, um, yeah, toughness, gritty, did the work, talented, 
Terrell Owens, number five. All right, number five on my list. The people, uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. A lot of people, I think, we're going to have him in the top three. But he's number five on my list. He is a Hall of Famer for the Detroit Lions, Calvin Johnson. And Calvin Johnson, number five on my list. Uh, the Lions from 2007 to 15, six-time Pro Bowler. Uh, first time, first team all pro three times, uh, started 130 of 135 games, especially playing for the Lions. That's pretty tough. Um, NFL season, NFL single season receiving yards record with 1,964 yards in 2012. Um, third highest receiving yards per game in NFL history with 86.1. Think of Megatron, you think catch radius you think of a big physical wide receiver that can get the ball at any point anywhere on the field the only knock that i have on calvin and i don't think that's his fault it's ownership fault with the detroit lions would have loved to see him play a couple more years or get traded to a better team yes if he, he got if he got to play with a not saying that matt obviously matt stafford just won the super bowl but if he got to play with a real team, not just a quarterback, like put him, yeah, I was put him on the Packers, say, put him on the Colts, put him on, you know, Dallas, like, yeah, he you could say monster. you could say in him, um, he didn't get to play with it with yes, correct, a great team. Now, I mean, after last night. Matt Stafford's a Hall of Fame quarterback. I don't think he's the excuse. I think he, I think Matthew Stafford was the best that he could get. Um, and I mean, Calvin Johnson made it work. Yes, I think it's ownership's fault as to why he's not higher, honestly. And he yeah. smokes a lot of weed. So, I mean, back then, what? <laughs> yeah, back then. It was frowned upon now, not so much. I mean, he's in yeah. that business now and thriving in it. But, you know, would, when he's on the field, like, who's going to who's gonna stop him? Like, what cornerback wants to go up against this monster with a 40-plus-inch vertical? Yeah. He's already 6'5", <laughs> 6'6". Six, six, six. But so, when, you're play, when you're playing with a team whose offensive line is literal garbage cans – and you got a quarterback in Matt Stafford who's running for his life and just hurling it, hoping that you're there. Yeah. But look at the stats. He did as much as he could with what he had. And, yeah, no, agreed 100%. And because they won't give him the, the million dollars that they owe him or the $2 million that they owe him, you know, it's going to burn a bridge. And, you know, the Lions organization did that with, with Barry Sanders also. Yeah. So it's unfortunate. I mean, mm -hmm. he really could have gone down. I mean, he probably could have played another four, five, six years, and there, maybe he put him number two all time. Um, but man, yeah, the, he kind of got screwed by that organization. So number yeah. five on my he list, Megatron, Calvin Johnson. Uh oh, I think I lost Neil. Nope, I'm back. You good, I'm yeah. back. All right, all right, good. Yeah. Well, I had Calvin at number four. Okay. So we're pretty close. I I really think if if Calvin just would have had a few more years, that would have catapulted him much further up. Um, but yeah, I mean, 
super uber uber talented guy. Um, I, 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 it's just kind of like uh, I wish I could have saw him play a little more. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'll leave it at that. So number four for me, I, he didn't make your list, <clears throat> but I'm going Steve Largent. I think Steve Largent for the decade that he played in 76 to 89, um, besides a Jerry Rice who had a longer career plus played in the later eighties. Um, Steve Largent was the best receiver of that era. So he, even though I didn't get to watch him play live, I've seen so many highlights on Steve Largent and a guy who would go anywhere to catch the football, take massive shots. Um, so it was with the Seahawks from 76 to 89, seven time pro bowler, three-time first-team All-Pro, led the league in receiving yards two times, uh, 80s All-Decade team, finished his career with 819 receptions, 13,089 receiving yards, and 100 touchdowns, Hall of Famer, but played on some trash, trash Seahawks teams. So I got to give that to him also. He's Calvin Johnson of the 70s and 80s. Like A lot of people have... If you look at other people's list, they have Steve Largent number two all time. Um, yeah, I just I can't and, I can't do that because no. of, and, because and this of, may be me. I just I can't do I, sometimes like vintage like to me like in these older older generation guys like I respect what they've done, but the talent and just the just tangibles that like these wide receivers have in today's football in a mm-hmm. passing game are just light years ahead of what we saw back then. So that's just me. That's why I don't have them on my list, but that's just, that's how I see it. That's just me. But I, I totally respect what he did in mm-hmm. his time period. So, so, that, the, that's, so one of the reasons why I loved the, so in football, I love the original team logos. I love the the original Seahawks logo, the original, the '90s Jets logo, the 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 logos that I grew up watching and seeing before rebranding, et cetera, et cetera. And the person I would look up on Seahawks stuff was Steve Largent because at that time he was basically the best player, and he hadn't played in. 15 years, 15, 20 years because the next greatest player on the Seahawks back then was either Ricky waters or Joey Galloway, but still they had guys like John Kitna throwing the football. And I can't even, I don't think I could name another. They had Warren moon for a hot second, but I can't think of anybody else in the Seahawks in the eighties, nineties. No, they were trash. That were yeah, and the biggest thing that they had was Brian Bosworth for a time until Bo Jackson ran him over. And I mean, he Bosworth has shoulders like me, so um, he didn't last very long. So for what Steve Largent did in his decade, um, put some respect on his name. That's why I have him number four on my list. Yeah, I think number one and number two are going to be the same for us. Yeah, I think I number think number three before. is going to be change. Yeah, because you already mentioned him. Um, number three, um, number three all time, uh, Larry Fitzgerald. Um, now, the reason why I have him number three, and I jumbled up 
Calvin Johnson, Terrell, and Larry for a hot second. Larry literally did everything he could for that entire organization. Like, when you talk about Steve Largent playing with nothing, doing everything, that's Larry Fitzgerald of today's generation of football. Had absolutely nothing. And a guy who couldn't love golf more than me, Larry's right up there. Like, uh, he he was just phenomenal. 500-yard catch season, or 100-catch seasons, 120 touchdowns. In, in the playoffs, in his short time in the playoffs, because he never really had a chance, because he the best he ever had was a washed-up Carson Palmer and the end of Kurt Warner's career. Um, the only player with a four-game streak of 100 yards and a touchdown in the playoffs. So, interesting stat. Um, two-time leader in touchdowns. Um, two times a leader in receiving or receptions. When I think of Larry Fitzgerald, I think of the guy who just catches a hundred balls every year, goes for a thousand yards, and does everything he can to get six wins for the Arizona Cardinals because that's about the best they could do. Yeah, um, yeah. Larry was phenomenal player, phenomenal player, and he had he had he had hands like pillows. Yeah. Like everything, like what is it? Didn't he like only drop like, I don't know, eight balls in his eight entire balls. career? Yeah, he was he was Mister Consistency. Because when you yeah. think, hey, I'm playing in the NFL, your job is to catch the football. Well, you think of Larry Fitzgerald, and then you think of uh, Darius Hayward Bay, who couldn't catch anything coming across the middle, or would be wide open streaking down the field and couldn't bring it in. Like your yeah, job is to catch the football, and that's what Larry J- did. Jalen Rager dropped more balls this year than Larry's job dropped in his entire career. Like that's oh, what Larry. Larry did play with Jake the Snake Plumber. Oh man, rough. I re- yeah, I remember rough. Jake Plummer. He played for rough. the Broncos. R U F F rough. So my number three, um, he's earlier on your list. He's high on my list because I watched him play live many, many times. Chris Carter. So I'm going Chris Carter. Um, So the Philadelphia Eagles days, nobody really remembers him on the Eagles, 87 to 89. He had the off the field issues, him getting, was it released or traded? I think it was traded. To Minnesota. To Minnesota. Yeah. That was the best thing for him. It's it's just like um, Jerome Bettis. Jerome Bettis getting traded from the Rams was the best thing for him because of his off the field issues. Um, like we've mentioned, Chris Carter, you know, 13,899 receiving yards, 130 career touchdown or catches, eight time pro bowler, uh, two time all pro fifth all time in, in receptions, but he's to me, a better Marvin Harrison, the able, the way he was able to track the ball with his eyes, his hand eye coordination of the tip ball to me, he was the best tip ball catcher of all time, whether it coming off the defender or he tips it to himself. He was able to just almost magician the ball wherever he wanted so he could catch it. And to see that with my own eyes, like stunning, like to me, and besides the other two guys on this list, the greatest ball catcher of all time to me is Chris Carter. Yeah. 
no, I, I, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I can't argue with it. I real like realistically outside of probably one and two, you could probably throw three through eight, probably just toss them in there, and it's probably going to be the just fine. I don't think so, anybody can really argue. With that. So one and two, they got to be the same, and I'm sure they're in the same order. Yeah, um, two Randy, it's it's Randy. Um, six-time Pro Bowler, four-time All-Pro, 10 1,000-yard seasons, 156 touchdowns, five times he led the league in receiving touchdowns, probably the most talented wide receiver in accordance to like his speed, hands, jump ball, length, all the intangibilities of what you're supposed to have. Um, that was Randy Moss. Um, most TDs in a season um, with the Patriots, he had 23. Uh, 10 <laughs> rookie year. I didn't realize this in his rookie season. He had 10 40 yard touchdowns and he had 17 total touchdowns. Yeah. Rookie year. And people forget that he had 15,000 plus receiving yards. Yeah. And, and he did it on like, he did it on 200 less the reception. What do you have? Like 100, eight, 800 and some receptions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I mean, he was just—I mean, like his his average was just his yards per catch average was just through the roof. So he played was with the Vikings from eighty nine or from ninety eight to two thousand four. So he had Dante Culpepper. Uh, was that Dante the entire time? Or, I think so. And then went to Oakland from oh five to oh six. It was probably Rich Gannon years. No, Rich got Rich was right, right, right at the early early two thousand. I don't think Rich was that good. Who was who was a Raiders quarterback in 05? Jamarcus. When was Jamarcus? That, well, I don't think it was oh five oh six. I don't remember. Um, Tennessee. I remember him playing with the Titans. It was brief, very brief. It, yeah, it was like middle of season, late of the season. I don't think it was yeah. at the beginning. Um. I don't. The pits, re- the pits. I honestly, I honestly don't remember him playing for the 49ers. I don't either. But obviously, everybody remembers him playing on the Patriots. He was. Oh no, no, no! He did play for the 49ers. He played when they made that Super Bowl run. He played for them rem- when they made that Super Bowl run. I just don't remember him on the field. He wasn't a focal point at that time. No, but he still had speed. I think it was that. That was the Colin Kaepernick. Was it the Colin Kaepernick days? I don't know. But his breakaway, not even breakaway speed, it was just like he would just stride a little bit harder and yeah. just fly past whoever. You know, he had the length, the arm length, the hands, easy to bring it in. I think he was alleged to have run a 41840. 41840. Yeah. I can And I, I think he did that. that when he was playing for the Pats. Um, and he had that he had the the juice like he could he could be a to if he wanted to like he mm-hmm. had those moments yeah you know you had the you know the pulling the pants down celebration the mooning the crowd the mooning, the, the 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 straight cash homie but you know Randy Moss like like you said about to he could back it up on the field oh yeah without a doubt he did what he wanted on the field. 
So number one. This guy. The man. The man. Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice. San Francisco 49ers from 1985 to 2000. The Oakland Raiders from 2001 to 2004. And the Seahawks in 2004. Three-time Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl MVP. Voted to 13 Pro Bowls. First team All-Pro 10 times. Had 22,895 receiving yards. And scored an NFL record 197 touchdowns. While adding the NFL best 1549 career receptions. There's nothing there's nothing Jerry Rice couldn't do. Jerry like, Rice. <laughs> you know, when they talk about like stats that'll never get touched, Tom Brady and seven Super Bowls probably in my lifetime will never get touched. Jerry Rice in my lifetime, his records will never be touched. They just there's no longevity to be able to do that anymore. There's no way. Like there's no, there's no longevity, um, man. Well, and you got to think about it. So let's. Jerry Rice was from a no-name HBCU college that nobody scouted, nobody knew about. Mississippi Valley State um, wasn't fast forty time. I think he was like a four-seven guy, but his route running tree. Was his greatest route runner of all time. Yep. So he, he takes away the straight line speeds of a Marvin Harrison or Randy Moss and techniques you to death. Yes. Which, hey, if it works for people, it works for people. Sometimes. Well, that, I, like, I mean, that's like uh, Michael Thomas two, three years ago. Michael Thomas he had no speed, but he had a great route tree because he could beat you with his technique. That's mm-hmm. Jerry Rice, but Jerry Rice was better by an unquestionable margin than everybody he ever played against. And he did it in basically three different decades. Yes. Did the eighties and the nineties and two thousands. You can't say that he still wasn't dominant when he was playing with the Raiders, the Seahawks. He had his moments, but at least when he was playing with the Raiders, I mean, he was still, I'm pretty yeah. sure he had, didn't he have a thousand yard season with the Raiders? Yeah. Yeah, he did. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's yeah ridiculous greatest so we both agree greatest wide receiver of all time jerry yep. rice number yep. two randy moss now tell everybody about what you just picked up that jerry rice card oh. that you, you showed real quick yeah, so i found this this got posted on ebay and um it was on bids and i just reached out to the seller before someone put a bid on it and i'm like look dude it, it just so happened he lived, like, on the northeast side of Columbus. So I was like, look, dude, I'll pay you cash. This is what I'll pay you. Uh, it's probably the most money you'll see in cash. No, like, there's no shipping, no BS. Like, it's, here you go. And they took it, and I got it. So, um, yeah, it's, I don't know how good you can see that, but... But how about for the people that downloaded the podcast? What is it? Yeah. So it's got <laughs> it's got the red numbering. So it's out of 15, but it's got the red numbering, which obviously matches the 49ers red. Um, it's got two windows. It's got 
a four color patch on top with white, black, gold, and red. And then on bottom, it's got a three color patch with white, gold, and black. Um, looks like from the numbers on his jersey. So, um, super, super sick card. Like, super sick. On card but, auto. Yeah, on card auto. Game, game used. worn. Yeah, game worn. It's a 9 5 quad 9 5. BGS 9.5 quad 9.5s and a 10 auto. So it's amazing. It's amazing card. It's a great yeah. card to add yeah. to the collection. Yeah. Um, I'd been looking for Jerry Rice, a flawless Jerry Rice for a long, 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 long time. So I had at one point one. and I'm mad that I got rid of it. I had a Jerry Rice Raiders sticker auto with a piece of the cleat <laughs> in it. And you got rid of it. I got rid of it. <laughs> Oh, trials and tribulations of selling too early. Uh, That's all right. Being, We've all been of there. being back in the day. Yeah, being back in the day of not really understanding the hobby, and now I'm just like, why? Why did I yeah. get rid of it? Um, who are some Who are some honorable mentions that you know did not make your list that you thought you know could possibly make it? You know, just missed out. Um, Steve Smith. Steve Smith Senior. Steve Smith Sr. Should be a Hall of Famer. Should be. Should be. And we'll get to that here in a second because I found the the ballots. So Steve Smith Sr., um, you talk about a guy who was completely undersized yet made up for it in every facet of his game, including his mouth. Um, yeah, he was good. Andre John. And he was playing with nobody. Like his best Nobody on two teams. Yes. Yes. I mean, nobody. Um, the other guy, the other two guys who come to mind uh, off the bat were uh, Andre Johnson, played with the yep. Texans. Again, yep. a guy who was physical, reminds me uh, reminds me kind of like a early Julio Jones type player. Um and then uh, the other one that I was kind of leaning on a little bit was Reggie Wayne. Um, I think he's just right there. It's just it's Marvin Harrison is the better guy. Reggie Reggie was great, but it's mm -hmm. Marvin. So um, guys that I had just on the outside of my list, uh, I'll start with Michael Irvin. So yeah. playmaker. Good point. Uh, he was three-time Super Bowl champion, five Pro Bowls, two first-team All-Pros, um, All-Decades team of the 90s, 750 career receptions, 11,904 receiving yards, 65 touchdowns. Another guy that it's kind of quiet that I don't see on a lot of people's lists and just made a – probably be in my top 15, um, Rod Smith from the Denver Broncos. Um, yeah. 95 to 2007, two-time Super Bowl champ, three-time Pro Bowler, two-time first-team All-Pro, 849 receptions, 11,389 receiving yards with 68 tutters. Yeah. So those, so, I don't, like, a lot of people are going to say, like, I don't even know a lot of people, but Chad Johnson. No. Not even my top 20. No, I will say this. There's one guy who I think is probably worthy of a top 15 play. If only he could 
get his mind right, and that was Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown put up some freakish numbers. Mm -hmm. Let let me just give this to you. In 2013 to 2018, he had six years where he was over 100 receptions, led the league in receptions I think two or three times, had over 1,200 yards every year, and he finished his career with 83 touchdowns. I mean, he was, for that stretch, he was the greatest fantasy player. By, like, he was number one pick for, like, six straight years. Like, he was that good. Yeah. Um, He was amazing. Amazing. I wish, uh, I wish he could figure out a little bit of the mental things, but man, he's, he, he, even now he's still talented. Even when he played for Tampa Bay, he was super talented, super talented. I just wish, uh, wish we could see more of him. So let's, let's get into the hall of fame that was announced, um, this past weekend of the guys who made it in and the guys who got snubbed. You and me, and I think a lot of other people are not real excited about this class. There's maybe two guy, two people in general about this class that you know I honestly care about. One is Dick Vermeil, and the other is Tony Bunselli. Everybody else in this class, I I I personally don't think they're Hall of Famers. Yeah, I okay. So here's the names: Tony Bunselli. Leroy Butler, Sam Mills, Richard Seymour, Bryant Young, Cliff Branch, Art McNally, and Dick Vermeil. I understand Cliff Branch has been trying to get in for years, but but just because you're trying doesn't mean you're worthy. Leroy Butler, good, not great. That's my opinion. Good, yep. not great. Sam yep. Mills, underrated, undersized, but there's no way he's better than Zach Thomas. A hundred percent. Agree. If I'm going undersized linebackers, I'm going Zach Thomas. Yes. So so here's here's some of the guys who didn't make it. Patrick Willis, Reggie Wayne, Demarcus Ware, Zach Thomas, Andre Johnson, Tory Holt, Devin Hester didn't make it. That is a he's the greatest threat in special teams ever and ever will be. There will never be anybody like him because the game's changed. And then uh, Rondé Barber and Willie Anderson and Jared Allen. Willie Anderson could wait. Jared Allen could wait. Yeah, I think um, Willie's definitely a Hall of Famer. I just think waiting, yes, probably. I but, Like you said, I can't believe Devin Hester does not get in right away because when you think of the hall of fame you think of game changers people that push the game forward when you think of kickoff returners who do you think of devin hester dante hall that's it dante hall is not a hall of famer devin hester is yes devin hester first ballot no question it's a shame that happened basically this this hall of fame class has turned into a baseball hall of fame class where they don't let people in for some stupid reason because they have a, a 
grudge that they're holding since 1996, and that's the reason why they don't like this person. Um, Devin Hester. I mean, you could argue like Andre Johnson, Tory Holt. So who, who are my, I don't think they're first ballot guys. No, who? but who are my three linebackers? Patrick Willis, Zach Thomas, and Seymour? DeMarcus Ware. DeMarcus Ware. All right, out of those three, if you have to take one, who are you Zach taking? Zach Thomas. Zach Thomas? No question. I probably would have taken Patrick Willis. Um, oh, no. Zach Thomas? Mm. Zach Thomas had a longer career and probably statistically better. But I think more of a dominant force is Patrick Willis. He didn't play as long yes. as he, he probably Patrick, should have. Patrick was a more dominant person. Agreed. It's a to- it's a toss up for sure. But I, and, and I just I had a Zach Thomas jersey. Well, I watched both P- P- uh, both players play, and when the Colts yeah. used to be in the AFC East, play against Zach Thomas twice a year. You know, Zach Thomas, great linebacker. But when I think dominant force, I think Patrick more of a Patrick Willis, Willis yeah type player. Um, Let's see who we had. Uh, Richard Seymour. He's probably just not maybe first ballot. No, no, he can wait eventually. Um, the, Mark- so, like, none of the wide. Am I right? None of the wide receivers made it. Correct. Tory Holt, Andre Johnson, and Reggie Wayne. And so then this is technically Devin Hester. Um. Tory's been waiting a, a while. Yeah. I think out of those three, I would probably go Tory Holt, Andre, then Reggie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you could flip flop Andre and, and Reggie, but I think Tory Holt should go first. Yes. Agreed. Agreed with that. There, I think, I think if I were to group those guys, like, based on like hall of fame wide receiver ranking, they would literally be like right after each other. Yeah. Yeah. So, who else, who else um, are we missing on the list? Um, that we didn't talk that. I haven't talked about yet. Bryant young. Did he get in? Did I say him? I don't think. Yes, they did. Yeah. Bryant he went in, got in from the 49ers. See, I don't, man. I don't remember. I, just, I, I feel I like know. it was a pity, a pity pro or a pity Hall of Fame class, not a worthy Hall of Fame class. No. Um, Cliff Branch. I mean, what, what's the rules now? It's like one coach. You know, they got a one of the officiate, one of the, the officials is getting inducted. Dick Vermeil, absolutely, as a coach, deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Took three crappy franchises. Took them all to the Super Bowl and won the Super yep. Bowl. Yep. So Dick Vermeil absolutely deserves to be a Hall of Famer. Um, yeah, I don't question that one. Cliff Branch, if we're waiting from the '70s to now to put somebody in the Hall of Fame, like what? How is Cliff Branch not already in? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we did. You don't put people in just to put people in. I agree. And, so, and we had, we had this discussion. It's sit, sit there and think about it. If you have to think about hall of fame or not, you're not a hall of famer. Right. It's, it's a yes or no answer. It's, it should be instinct. When I yeah. think Devin Hester hall of famer. Yes. 
I don't think uh, so. When I look at this, Rondé Barber, do you no. think Hall of Famer? And a lot of people were a lot of people were chirping that Rondé should be a Hall of Famer. I I'm I think I align with you. I think Rondé was good, but I don't think he was great. He's a Hall of Good. Yes, he's a yeah. Hall of he's a a Hall of Good player. He is not a Hall of Fame player. Did Mikey just say Hester is a no? Mikey just said Hester is a no for me. Can, can you please can you please block Mikey from this page from now on? So I'm trying to think of. Are you saying if Hester's a no, then does that mean that special teams is not a part of the game? Yeah, make all the kickers. Does Kick that mean that up. does that mean that Ray Guy's not a Hall of Famer? Does that mean that uh that Adam Vinatieri's not a Hall of Famer? Yeah. That Morton Morton Anderson's not a Hall of Famer? <clears throat> yeah, no, I'm with you on that. I think I think if you if for a special team like Devin Hester is the other side of the ball of what Adam Vinatieri and Justin Tucker are is kickers. He's somebody who you have to spend a day game planning against one person. You do the you do that with Randy Moss. You do that with Jerry Rice. You do that with big time players. If you're talking about a special teams guy who you have to spend all your time on one guy, that guy's when, great. When you have to spend 30 minutes of a practice three days a week working on special teams because you know this guy's probably going to house it on you if you don't, that is a Hall of Famer. So, so Mikey says if they never put him on the field as a wide receiver, then I'd say yes. But watching him was an embarrassment. So you could say that with half the NFL teams that used to uh, bring in Olympic track and field runners because they were so fast. But here's the problem. They couldn't catch. Yeah. But you try him at different spots doesn't mean you can return a kick. And then Mikey says, well, just don't kick to him. Well, the Colts tried to do that in the Super Bowl, and he still caught it in the corner and housed it in the opening kickoff. The only way you could get around it in today's football is kick it through the end zone. Because if you don't kick it through the end zone, Devin Hester is still going to run it out. Yeah. Yeah, I don't – yeah. I, Mikey, don't agree with you. Boot him. Kick him. He's done. Done. Get him out. He's out of here. He's out of here. You're out. So I think that's it for Another wonderful podcast. We haven't done it yet, but we got to thank our sponsors like normal slab yep. savers, protectorslabs.com. Use code dream three to get 10% off your order. Uh, graded card solutions. That's gradedship.com. Use code dream 15 to get 15% off. And just like we're talking, get your stuff off of eBay ASAP. Go to prospect cards. That's www.prospect.cards. Use referral code dream three when you register and you're going to get a zero, zero percent seller's fee. You're going to get all your money, not eBay. You're not taking 13% from me, taking all that money and I want it. So go to prospect.cards and finally nation golf company. If you like the old school uh, golf apparel, especially watching the TPC Scottsdale this past weekend, Holds in one for days, bud. I enjoyed it. 
um, go visit our boys at nationgolfcompany.com. So another wonderful podcast from us. We will probably be back next weekend. I will have a new setup. I got a new computer coming in tomorrow, so I will not Beautiful. have to use this no more. I have a little bit of a different setup. We'll uh, we'll have to come up with a new like series. Yeah, we've done our top ten list. What do you want to hear? What do you want to see? Do you want to see? Do you want to do defensive players? I feel like that would be really really tough. Defensive line linebackers. No 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 no. Or just no. defensive players of all time. Yeah. Okay. I if we did that, I feel like our list would be vastly different okay let's do let's do next one uh top 10 defensive players of all time this is all defensive players all defensive and, players. and then just for mikey ray we'll do top two kick returners of, of all time <laughs> <laughs> I, I, let's do this let's do this yeah let's do defensive players that'd be okay. good top that'd 10 good. defensive players of all time um so until next time, Showtime Sports Cards, that's Doughboy Sports Cards. Follow us on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, on YouTube. Listen and download at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. How dare you put Percy Harvin and Deion Sanders in that kick returner list? Percy Harvin still probably has a concussion somewhere where he's seeing two or three times, and Deion Sanders didn't have enough gas to run. Percy's oh, still got a migraine. Uh, yeah. His brain hurts too much. Deion Sanders didn't have enough gas. He had to take so many plays off in between doing punts and kickoff returns to play defense. So I don't want to hear that from oh, Coach wait. Prime. So until next time. Wait. We will... oh. Congrats to my Super Bowl champion. Congrats Alex. to the Los Angeles Rams, That's who I right. said was going to win nine or ten games this year. But joke's on me because the Colts suck and we still have Carson Wentz. So – Make yep. that trade, uh, Mr. Ursay. I know you're probably going to get like Jimmy Garoppolo or somebody who I'm going to hate just in case. Um, but hey, yeah. you know, Caleb, if you want to be a Rams fan, you can join my team not, if you would like. Not a chance. I have season tickets that you beg me for to come to games to anyway, so I will stick with the Colts, even though we suck. Hey, uh, I will I've, say I I've did sat get through to three and 13 seasons. I've sat through three and 13 seasons. I'm fine. I've seen. Jim Harbaugh. I've seen the original Peyton Manning. Hey, or all, all these Colts fans are old. Hey. The Colts win ten games a year. Do you remember Peyton Manning in the in the late nineties? He was so bad, so yeah. bad. Hey, you know what? I'm just glad I got to see the Rams play this year before they won a Super Bowl. So you want you want a Super Bowl, so you can sit on that until next football season. You don't have a first round pick for like the next three years. Doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> You were built to win this year. I don't care. I don't we'll care. see you next year. All right. Until next time, we're going to do the top 10 defensive players of all time. So download the podcast. Let us know what you want to listen to. Yeah. We'll get you some topics. All right. Later. We will catch you on the flip side. <laughs>